Now let's do our prayer, and then um, we're going to teach tonight by God's grace on church planning. And you'll be surprised where it is in Acts chapter 16. Most folk don't teach from that chapter. I don't know why. And maybe you'll think I'm all wrong when I do it. But I'm going to do it anyway. And remember Psalm 119. When you don't know where to look for what you're looking for, the Holy Spirit of God has put it in Psalm 119. Understand that, brother? Yes, sir. And thanks for bringing me over here. They keep me dry. Psalm 119. No psalm like it. Look at verse 18. You ready to pray? Slowly. And by the way, forgive me, I'm a teacher. I can't run around and do the stuff he did. I wouldn't try. No one else should do it either. You just do it as the Spirit leads you. You know. You are you. You're a 210. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So you do your athletics and your acrobatics the way he leads you. You know, it's wonderful. It's a thrill. Look at verse 18. I want to say something else. When you're reading God's word, slow down. Some of you read much too rapidly. Now forgive me. I was raised in the British style of reading and all that business. And there's British English, and there's Canadian English, and there's yours. <laughs> Read slowly. Underline the words in your reading that folk get the message. It was noised that Jesus was in the house. Woo! Good night. This place would be wall to wall. Let's pray. 18. Ready? Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Father, for those overseas, may they too make time. They've got two minutes. Two and a half will do it. Three at the most in Psalm 119. They don't even have to look for it. You are so gracious, so merciful, so sympathetic. Let your Bible drop open, and there it is, 119. Better than 911, of course. And all the verses are there. Thy word hath comforted me with all my heart. That's the kind of preaching we just heard. Now, Father, these are your dear people. And the assembly of young people. The devil is so furious to see this many young folk playing for the glory of God. Sitting in the house of God with godly parents. Under the leadership of godly pastor. Pastors. Oh, my Father. Keep these precious young folk to yourself. May that be their desire as young people holiness unto the Lord and the desire to say no to the attack of Satan which is momentary and may the young men and the advice given to the pastor Timothy flee youthful lusts for a man is a man 
is a man is a man for youthful lusts. Bless your word in this place as we attempt to review familiar territory and give a few extra verses along the way, Lord, because I just want them to have what I did not have at their age, and so help them to understand that. I would not be pedantic, which means I don't want to show off. I just want to give them some verses that are so massively meaningful in my life without which I could not live or function. I have to have those words of God in my heart momentarily. And Father, beyond Killeen, Texas, the numberless servants of God, but not enough, where they are, oh, I pray, Father, may their cutting edge be sharp. Deliver them from nine to five ministries. How boring that would be. But may they be 24-7, even when sleeping, their heart right with God and thoughts of God. Intimacy. Involvement. Intensity. For God. God save. Bless every service in whatever fashion it might be. A secret radio broadcast listened to by a Hindu, by a Muslim, by a Buddhist, by a tribal car radio tape John and Romans personal witness altar call power in the pulpit missionary conference we would embrace them all by faith we touch your arm and you have the longest arm in the whole world embrace all these ministries Purify them. Sanctify them. God be God. Come down. Do the exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. To him be glory in the church. And we thank you. We thank you. And we would just like to give you a big hug. A big, big one. Thank you for one four. Chosen in him. Before the foundation of the world. That you should be holy. Thank you for 13.8. The lamb. Slain. From before the foundation of the world. Great God of wonders. Great God of wonders, we bow before you and wait expectantly. It is time for thee to work. Do it. For Jesus' sake, amen. I hope you won't misunderstand. All the preaching today has just been fabulous. My mind won't stop, so I just, uh, uh, I wrote down a few things. I'm going to put on these uh, other ones. I can see a little better with them.
I want you servants of the Lord, and that's all of you, to have a repertoire, a collection of verses. You have to have them, or you can't survive. When we are at an ordination service, we have that privilege sometime. I think the last one was in Germany, Brother Matt. I'm really not interested in the theology of all these candidates. If their theology wasn't right, brother, they wouldn't be there. That's just logical. I want to know how they handle people. And by the way, in case we don't get there, when Jesus presented himself as the Messiah to the hometown crowd at the synagogue in Luke 4, please, servants of God, don't miss what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach to the bankrupt, the brokenhearted, the blind, the bound, the bruised. Check each word carefully. That's your congregation. No matter where you are on planet Earth, they're there. I took the word poor and used the word bankrupt. They're there. These to whom you're going to minister. Those are the five categories. They were then. They're all the products of sin. And that's why a man can have anything financially he wants. But he has nothing inside. Have you ever seen the sheiks of Saudi Arabia with a big old smile on their face? You never will. They're afraid their first cousin is going to knife them in the back in a minute. <laughs> Bound. Habits. Drugs. Get this in your heart and mind. He's introducing his global program to his home synagogue. And the altar call was frightening. They shoved him right to the edge of the cliff, 1,300 feet above sea level, to push him over. All because he said south, he said what, Lebanon and Syria. And they couldn't handle it. Read your scriptures carefully, please. Don't pass over these things. This is your ministry. And that's why, at an ordination, I want to know that that brother can go to the hospital room and look at that dying man and say, Sir, this is a dark day for you, and we care. And we're glad to remind you we have a high priest who can be touched with the feeling he knows exactly the turmoil, the thoughts, the trial of your life. You've got to know those verses. You have to know what Peter said. Casting all. Hurl your cares upon him. This is how you minister. I wrote down something else. 
Oh, brother. Joseph, you did this this afternoon. Would you all look up Isaiah 66? This is not the message. This is just hors d'oeuvre. I don't know what that is in Texas, but it means it's what you eat before you eat. And this is great. I like these things. If you don't, I'm sorry. I'm a boy from Canada. I just, all my life I've been grabbing these things. After I got saved, I used to go to my pastor's home and drive him crazy. I'd take him all the literature for church bulletin. I'd cut out these things and file them. I even had a little book made. You know, I was crazy. I got saved. And I thought the only thing that ever, for me now, was the Lord's work, you know. At 14, I was keeping books. Financial statements. I'll say no more. I really was for a Canadian church group. I was doing all their missionary. <laughs> I loved it. That's the way my mind works. Look at Isaiah 66. Eight. Who have heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? Uh, May 15th, 1948, Israel. Whew. Look at the next one, the one our brother Joseph gave us. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? Put in your margin. Spurgeon. Dash. Men downstairs praying while he preached to the megachurch upstairs. That's, Charles, that's why we said, I don't want those prayer cards, son. Psst. You've got to have at least 100 people who will promise to pray 15 seconds a day for you. Please don't go to Vernon. You've got to work and do that. You've got to find people and give them the prayer you want them to pray. They won't know how to pray even. You say, would you please pray this prayer for me? Like the one I gave you, that God gave us in 2 Thessalonians 3.1. That the word of God would have free course. Brothers and sisters, why can't we team play and do that? If you, every time you sat down for a bite to eat, prayed that prayer, what would happen in your congregation? All the church praying, locally and global, presentation of God's word and salvation. We are to be global believers, you know that. Get that straight. Stretch your heart and mind. For God so loved the... Well, five of you knew the verse. Congratulations. The world. Six billion, three hundred million people. Yes, Iowa, Nebraska. That's shameful. I mean, we have so many churches. Us northern folks just can't figure you folk out down here. You know, we have First Baptist, Second Baptist, 3A, 4A, 5A, you know. It's amazing. All over the place. And missionaries leave the field and come home to start churches. And you know where they start them. It's always down south. Us northern folks just can't figure it out. We don't know why. Iowa, Nebraska. Washington. Oh, my. Oregon. Rabbit paths. Another verse. Oh, this, Joseph, you were great. Matthew chapter 1. I have Joseph's notes. 
they should go in book form. It was tremendous. Thank you, Joseph. This afternoon's message. Matthew 1. He didn't use this verse. We will for a minute. 116. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom? We'll stop right there. The whom refers to a single female. Put in your margin, VB, virgin birth. It's right there. That's not over your head, is it? No, it couldn't be. You're smart. You're Texas. It's right there. Mary, of whom? No earthly father. Question. New message for you for Christmas. What kind of dad would our heavenly father pick out for his son Jesus? Ever thought about that title? Go for it. Sleeping in the same bed, etc., etc., etc. Not said. It's all there in 25. Get a new message for Christmas. And as you go along the way, don't forget the shepherds. That classless, low-classless society. And to think that God's Air Force invaded their territory. Unto you, you. They couldn't do court duty. You wouldn't let your daughter date a shepherd's son. They were the first ambassadors. Absolutely incredible. And by the way, when you're working on your messages for the holidays, brothers, don't forget knots in the family tree. A little Ruthie, a Moabite girl, not on your life. Bathsheba, uh-huh. Rahab, married one of those spies. Sure she did. Became the great-great-grandmother of David. And Tamar. You don't put girl names in a genealogy. No Jew's going to read that book. Yes, they will. Yes, they have. That's how God did it. That's why it's true. <laughs> it goes right across the laws of literature. No Jew would ever have a lady doing But that's how God did it. Well, what else did I write down here? Oh, yes. A little note. Do you pray daily for your supporting churches? Why aren't you saying something? You're just sitting there staring at me. Military men, get over here. Walk the aisles. Get these folks stirred up tonight. You're collecting lots of money. They're investing in you. What return are they getting from you? When's the last time you called the pastor? I said, Pastor, don't want a thing. Just say thank you. Please tell all the folk I called you. Thanks a million. Any special prayer requests you have? I'm not sure I know a church or pastor anywhere in the world that's not under attack right now. And all this money rolling into you every month. 
Where's it coming from? People who care. Are you saying thank you? Are you praying daily for that list of churches? It would take you about 40 seconds. Can you handle that? One more thing to aggravate you. And we can't stay too late because you children have to take your parents home and put them to bed. All right. Luke, I want you to have these verses in your heart and mind. And I think you should. 2244 of Luke, the doctor's book. Brilliant man. We'll meet him in a few minutes anyway. In Acts 16. I'm going to pull up my watch because I really mean it. These children are weary and... and, and uh, my watch here somewhere. Here it is. Came off this. There we go. All right. We won't get the message all done tonight. We'll just... But this is so important. Brothers and sisters, men and women, fellow servants, equals in Christ of like precious faith. There are certain verses in Scripture you just absolutely, positively have to know. And if you don't, I wouldn't let you go anywhere. If I were your mission superintendent, director, whomever, I'd say, listen, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? Your theology, I wouldn't ask you one thing. I doubt. Very little. Because you wouldn't be there if we weren't on the same key and the same page. Prayer! Everything by prayer. Do you understand English? Philippians 4, 6, everything. That means all. All means all. That's all that all always means. Look at 2244. We're in the garden. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat, the doctor says with choice words, was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And what's that got to do with me? Romans 15.30. Somebody find it, somebody read it. Romans 15.30. Stand to your feet, shoulders back and read it. Young person, whomever. Romans 15.30, right now, go. Yes, son, go. Nice and loud, son. Brethren. You did a good job, son. Strive together. You know what that means, son? Come on, we got to talk. You know what, Bob? Good to see you again. Yeah, yeah. You know what that means? Paul said, I want you people to pray for me just as earnestly, sincerely, and in great soul emotion as Jesus prayed in the garden. The words are both the same. Strive. Praying is hard work, son. Doing that tonight, was that hard work for you? It wasn't. Were you sweating out there playing the guitar? No. You enjoyed it, didn't you? It was wonderful. And I could hear you. I didn't hear one of the mistakes you made. Not one of them. 
Jesus was in agony. What's agony? If you are in agony, so what does it mean? Hurting. Hurting. Now, that's a good word. Hurting. Oh, he's... And, and, whew, big drops. You know what Paul said? I want you to hurt when you pray for me. Go sit down. I love you. Fifteen thirty. Fifteen thirty. That's your code. Fifteen thirty. Fifteen thirty. Paul says, Strive. No wimpy prayers. Agonize. It's the same word. If you were reading your Greek New Testament, I hope that doesn't bother you. If I were a Greek, what do you suppose I'm going to read? Arabic? If I were a Greek believer. All right? Get it together. That's the word. That's praying. Desperate praying. Painful praying. Tiring praying. Earnest praying. Walking around praying. Raising your hands praying. It's everything of you in prayer. Intense. Involved. Interceding. And by the way, now that you mention that, the first time, now these folk know all this because two nights ago, last night, brother caught me in the aisle and good night he gave me the whole message I gave here last April. What's wrong with him? He says, I play it at work. Well, stop playing it and get some better ones going. I couldn't believe he gave me the whole message back. The first time you meet a man praying intercessory prayer at the golden altar of intercession, it's Abraham playing the numbers game. 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. Sodom and Gomorrah, you're out of your mind. Out of your mind. Ten people mean that much to God? I wish they did to you. Think it through. The first time somebody's agonizing, it's Uncle Abraham. Make much of FM in your Bible. First mention principle. First mention principle. The first time you meet worship, you've got a man with a Swiss knife in his hand. They parked a little SUVs at the foot of the hill, and he says, we'll be back. We're going to a worship service. First time in Scripture. In other words, check through worship in Scripture. Remember last night as we closed the service? Mary goes upstairs and brings down that vase worth a year's salary. True worship is costly. 
interested, not comfortable, not casual. It's costly. What does it cost you to worship God? When's the last time you put a year's paycheck on the plate, like she did last night? Line seven, total income for the year. By the way, where do missionaries tithe? <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Open your Bible, Acts 16. I wrote down some more verses, but we can't have them. There's not time. And we will get done. Let's see. We have to get done in about 18 or 20 minutes. We'll get a start here. Question. Acts 16, please. And thank you very much for putting up with me. I look at verse 2, and I almost have a heart attack. Tim had gotten saved years ago. This is not the message, but I can't. I simply cannot. Look at this. Johnny Mark, you know that situation? They're in the parking lot at Walmarts. Barney drives up. And there's Johnny Mark behind the new SUV. Oh, my word. And Paul's going out of his mind right away. And you know the contention was so great. Two mission boards had their beginning right then and there. <laughs> yeah, they did. And we get to Lystra. Lystra? It's a hole in the wall. You read your tourist guide? You don't need to go to Lystra. Nothing going on there. But Timmy got saved. Timmy got saved. And Paul was left for dead. Got the story? Oh! This is beyond awesome. It's in the previous chapter. Left for dead. He comes back to life, got all the visions, you know, and comforts the people and doesn't have any more sense than to go back into Lystra, son. He's out of his mind. No. He's fearless. He's the man of God. Lystra. And now it's time to check out what's going on in Lystra. And when you're preaching, John 19, 25, Woman, behold thy son, John, John became a substitute for the substitute. Did you get it? So are you, son. You are to be a substitute for your substitute, Jesus Christ. Vernon, here we come. Milwaukee, here we come. USA, here we come with our 40-foot... Houseboat or trailer, whatever you call it. And who was Timothy? How's Timothy start out? A sub. Fellas, nobody wants to sub on the team, do they? You want to be right out there first string. 
Tim comes on board as a, as a substitute. He never did get to Pensacola, Tennessee Temple, or Bob Jones. What a shame. But he wound up Bishop of Ephesus. I mean, quite a boy. Had stomach trouble, but it's all right. Now, let's begin to read a few verses. The message has five points. We cannot get them all done tonight. I want you to be interested. This chapter tells you precisely why you have a place, a venue, to preach in USA or almost any other part of the world. Up until this time, the gospel was confined to a very small area of the world. Israel, Lebanon, Syria, and up the street into Turkey, and nowhere else. Now get the geographic picture. For God so loved the not just the Middle East. Listen carefully. Oh, five. Isn't five pathetic? The last word, folks getting saved on Tuesday. Now that is outrageous. Folks getting saved Saturday afternoon makes no sense, except in the early church. Six is where the message begins. Now, when they had gone circle throughout, throughout, everywhere, all over the place, Phrygia, Galatia, and were forbidden by the communists and the Muslim terrorists. Oh, no, excuse me, got that wrong, sorry. Were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. They couldn't go further east. They couldn't go into India or China. Holy Ghost said, no, you're not doing it. Right away, I have point number one coming up. These are church planters. These are God's key players. Because of them, you're here. And the first point of the message is, what do you do with a closed door? Mark it down. And when you preach it, do a better job. After they were come to Mysia, they assayed. That means, listen, this has got to be it. Listen, okay, no, we're going to go here. They won't stop. They're determined. They're dedicated. They're devoted. Nothing's going to stop them, fellas. We're going. If we can't go to one place, we'll go to another. You simply don't stop. That's the kind of church plant we must have. You know what you're doing? The call of God is on your life. You can't escape. How can you escape the call of God? It is impossible. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Boy, these are the key players, and they don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. It's all right, all right? All right? Anybody home? You think you're always going to know what you're supposed to do? Well, you're wrong. And the greatest stress you're going to face in God's work is waiting for God to say, there it is. Now get to Walmart and get your backpacks and let's go. You have to wait. 
You wait upon the Lord, and you don't get sour, you don't get grouchy, you don't give up, you don't go crazy. And you don't make your wife a nervous wreck, you know, with that look on your face. Look at verse 8. It seems very insignificant, almost incidental. J.C. Brown, they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. Now look, let's just stop. Now he can, what's his name? Brother Charles can come down here, so can I. Yeah, I can't get down as fast, okay. When's the last time you walked from central Turkey to the coast? Six hundred miles. Interested? No, of course you're not. Get a dirt bike. <laughs> Six hundred miles. Correct me. I want to be corrected. I've tried to measure it. I have some smart people who live on my bookshelves. They're nice. And don't go call me in the middle of the night and say, it's 595. I'll slam down the road. <laughs> Can't stand it when you do that. Now think. Think. How old is uh, Paul? How old is he? Is he 60 yet? Late 50s? Walking. How far is 600 miles north of where we are. Where would you be? Approximately. Come on, say, say something. Where would you be? Straight north. Beyond Oklahoma? Yes, yes, no? Beyond Oklahoma. What's, what's the state above Oklahoma? Is it still there? Kansas. You'd be somewhere in Kansas. All right. How long would it take you to go 600 miles then and now? Just, just make it now. Go ahead. How much a day? A month? 30 days? 20 days? That's what we could do. How many miles a day? How many? 30? All right. Now, were the roads as nice then as now? No. So let's make it uh, 20 miles a day. It takes a whole month at least. At what hotel do you stay? Where's the WC? Those two letters are global. Tell the children what they mean. Is Paul in the best of health? Yes or no? Is Paul in A1 shape physically? Yes or no? No. no. I just want to get your opinion. Reading 9. There appeared to Paul a vision. Now, we don't believe in visions, do we? Of course not. Listen! God can crank out a vision anytime he wants to, and he's not going to ask you whether you like it or not. So, puh. Have you checked out the book of Revelation? There's a whole bunch of vision stuff going on back in there. It was written in eternity past. You're just afraid of visions. <laughs> Well, I'm reading the book, and I believe it, and I accept it, and I do not question it. 
a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. We were just there, just preached there a little bit a few minutes ago, in a gypsy home. I mean, a thrill, a thrill, intoxicating experience. His little 1980 Lada Russian car outside, you would, oh, incredible, like brand new. And they were brand new, the whole family, gloriously saved. There appeared a man from Macedonia and prayed Paul in the vision, saying, send a love gift Excuse me. Come! You know, missions conference, we sing send the light. I don't buy that. Send. Go! Go! Come! Bodily presence. Give missions a face. Don't just say you're praying for us. Put yourself out. Come with your money. <laughs> Come. Come. Move out of the comfort zone. Go. A thousand things here. We're still in point number one. What do you do with closed doors? You just sit and wait for God to work. One of my boys, we had 22 kids at Temple one time, way back before you were all born. And uh, Kenny got out. One of the first kids saved in the college ministry. And uh, our little church, we had to build a new building just for the students. Can you believe it? We had to build that church just to house the students. They came from the university 10 miles away. Kenny got saved. Wife-to-be got saved. Took his first church. And he didn't know how to handle his deacons. You know the rest of the story. He was out of the ministry. Done. Done. Gone. What happens when God closes doors? You stay put. You wait on God. You refuse to get discouraged. You believe God and you praise Him. Say, Father, you've called me. You have a door for me. You're going to reopen. You're going to show me what I'm going to do. I'm going on. I am not giving up. And that's exactly what you do. So that's point one. What do you do when God closes the door? And by the way, some of you folk here could be saying, you know, you feel you're gifted in certain areas, and nobody else thinks so. <laughs> that's pathetic, you know. You say, I love to lead that, and I like to teach, you know, and, and nobody recognizes it. And say, well, I'm leaving that church. I'm going down to First Critical or Holy Birthmark or somewhere else, you know. And, uh, yeah. You fellas got a little thing going tonight between the two pews? <laughs> they remind me of my students. Our church was wall to wall with students. You couldn't breathe in that place. They were coming out at night to get baptized. It was pathetic. We'd be in bed, my wife and I, and they want to get baptized at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. It was wild. It was thrilling beyond words. That's point one. What do you do if Vernon shuts down? Are you still going to run around the church and do all your acrobatics, man? You better. When God closes a door, 
you do what Edison did when the whole plant burned down. Make a few phone calls or whatever he did. Take off your coat, make it a pillow, lie down and sleep. Wake up and start all over again. You never stop. You never quit. You keep going. And you keep going. And you keep going. Now, would you look at verse number 10? And I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe we're going to have to quit here. I don't know. Oh, forgive me. I just found a verse of scripture. They've added to my Bible. 1 Corinthians 9.16. Go there. This is, oh my word. This is, this is the answer. Come on. 9.16, 1 Corinthians. Not Chronicles, Corinthians. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Come on. Necessity is laid upon me. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Somebody say something. Woe is me, I've got to. I mean, that's, there's no other. What else is there? Come on. There's no thought of anything else. Wouldn't enter my mind. I mean, I'm still dreaming at my age. Good night. I can hardly wait to get a new church started. I told you, the, the 24-7 Baptist church. Open all night long. That means a Samaritan woman can drop in anytime she wants to. There'll be bathrooms right there. And something to eat right there. Where the rubber meets the road. You see, I'm a city boy. There is a difference of your clientele. Downtown Chicago, downtown Milwaukee, downtown Manhattan. There's a difference. And the bankrupt and the bruised, and the brokenhearted, and the bound, and the blind are walking by 24-7. He must needs go through. Now, look at this. Watch it. And after he, says the author, and the author is a medical doctor, a missionary, and a writer, expert. It's Luke. Now watch it. Catch it. I love it. I hope I'm not the only one to get overly excited here. After he, Paul, had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel to them. Now, here's my question. How did Luke get on board? How did Luke get on board? How did that personal pronoun, he, become a we? You do, you do believe this is God's word, don't you? Inspired, infallible? Then you believe the pronouns are right. The singular becomes a plural. And most folk, I'm sorry to say it, would read it and see nothing there. Sorry, I can't do that. How old was Paul? 
50s? I think so. Best of health, 600 miles? Tim, go find a doctor. Tim, borrow somebody's bike and get down there, downtown. Got to be a doctor somewhere. With all my heart, I believe it happened something just like that. Dr. Luke comes to the apartment. He says, boy, you got a temp. Lie down. You're not going anywhere. And you know the rest of the story. What happened? L G S. Luke got saved. Broke his contract with the office. Packed up all his equipment. And joined the team. I believe that. It was just like that. There is no other explanation. You don't have to violate scripture to read between the lines. Look what he says. He's red hot! After he had seen the vision, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. There's something there that you might not see. We're closing. We have to. It's five after nine, or almost. Here's the man of God, the team player, the team leader. Saved on the Damascus Road. I mean, this is phenomenal. A pagan, a murderer, a God-lover and a Christ-hater. Get the whole picture. And he's brilliant beyond words. He's a genius. Has cultural background, Jewish and Gentile. He knows four or five languages just like that. You know what he does? The team confer. He consults with them. I love team play. Others may disagree with me. I'm a team player. I just love to say, fellas, let's talk about it. But you're the leader. So what? A leader is a servant who takes his orders from the leader. Say, fellas, God spoke to me. And he gets that collegial consent. All the minds come together. There's something wonderful when you get the fellows together and say, what's God telling you? And we listen and we learn. And then we say, fellas, hit the deck. We're going to pray, get excited. Then you're going to Walmart. Get your sleeping bags, some more duffel bags, get some bottles of water, and away we go. And that's how it happened. What do you do with a closed door? You just keep going. Wait for the green lights from God. God's in control. 16.9, a great door and effectual is open unto me and, don't put a but there, and part of the agenda is adversaries. 1 Corinthians 16.9. Don't forget that you've got to know that. You can't go anywhere without adversaries. It's impossible. You're invading the territory of the prince of the power of the air. What do you think? That the devil is excited because you've come to town? And he's going to lose people because of you? What are you thinking? 
Now they're on the road. One final statement tonight. I'm embarrassed. Well, you preach too, man, Charlie. <laughs> oh, I forgot something. I'm sorry. We'll close with this. I'm on page two. What page are you on? <laughs> John Knox, what do you do with closed doors? Give me Scotland or I die. Missionaries, say that with me. Missionaries, others can hum. Missionaries, give me Milwaukee. Why are you going to say Scotland, brother? Come on, Hatfield, get it right. Let's do your territory. Give me or I die. Forget this burning business unless you can say that. Forget Milwaukee. Martin Luther. I wish I could speak German. I can on Thursday, but never on Tuesday. Here I stand. I can do no other. See, it's in the heart. It's there. You're convinced. You're convicted. You're called. You're going. And nothing's going to stop you. And that's that. I wrote down somebody else. Hudson Taylor. You hold the ropes. And I'll go down into the pit. I wrote in big letters. God has no all alternative plans. Okay. Oh, there's a whole bunch. Wait a minute. Oh, this is pathetic. We're stopping right in the middle of a, of a, of a point. Oh. One verse, we close with a verse. Everybody, please, Psalm 32.8. 32.8. You should know it from Who knows it from memory? You should. You need to know this. What are you doing going out to the mission field? Don't even know 32.8. As soon as I say the number, you should know exactly what the verse says. Somebody say it. Come. Go ahead, brother. You've got it right. Now stand up and do it right this time. You rattled it off like a teenager. You're a rabbi. Now do it right. Well, if he's going to guide you with his eye, you better sit on the front row. Eye contact! You're not going to get the blessing of God eyeball to eyeball. Sitting distant, you can't do it. Can't be done. I will guide thee with mine eye. Uh, what does that mean? Let's spell a word here quickly. Give me an I. N. T. I. M. A. C. Y. What's the word? Intimacy. Eyeball to eyeball. God says, that's exactly what I want. I want to be so close to you, son, that when I say, you'll know exactly what I mean. Eyeball contact. That's what it is. You can't miss it. That's what God wants. The intensity of intimacy. I will guide thee with mine eye. Sit up close. Remember Isaiah? We close with this. Find Isaiah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Isaiah. Come on. Isaiah chapter 6. Come on. Verse 8. 
Verse 8, together, everybody, we're closing. Go. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, What's Isaiah doing in the presence of God? God's talking to himself, and Isaiah's listening in. Got it? Do you see it? Look at it again. I heard the voice of the Lord. And the voice says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us, circle us? Then said I, me, 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 me. I want to, I want to, I will, I will, I will. Brother, when are you going to live so close to the Lord that you hear the heartbeat of God? As my Father has sent me, finish it. That's 2021. What's 1516? You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should, two-letter word, go. Time to go. Pray. Father, we just got started. What do you do with closed doors? Wait for fuller, clearer instruction. You didn't make a mistake. You did the right thing. You stopped and you waited before God. Thank you for the marvel, blessing, and wonder of closed doors and waiting before God. And the second point, team play. Team play labors together. All the excitement of sharing with others. We assuredly gathering. He was just a new believer. And he's all packed up to go. And he became Paul's personal physician because you're such a merciful God. Have mercy upon us, Lord. Sweep me clean. Sweep me clean. Don't put me on the shelf as I attempt to preach to others and become a castaway. Thank you for each precious servant of God. Thank you for dealing with us personally, individually, and collectively. In Jesus' precious name, amen.